Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Been a lot of interest in the gold country. I want attacking purpose for football all the time. And providing you had a chip up in that quarter, we had a real chance of winning it in that quarter. Now we've got our backs against the wall and we're going to fight. That's great and your fans will love to. Grab your pie floater, grab your Coopers <laughs> and your West End. We're looking at the half-season uh, report card for the Adelaide Crows. Don't bother grabbing the fucking West End, it's piss. <laughs> it's, oh, it's, not, it, it's amazing that West End isn't the worst beer to come out of South Australia. This is coming from a non-drinker, but you, they've still got Southwark. I, the thing about Southwark, I actually uh, enjoyed Southwark my first couple of years of uni, pretty much because they had a deal with the uni I was at where you could get 50-cent beers. And uh, when you can get pissed off five bucks, it's a good day for me. That's not bad. <laughs> no one, I'm surprised they got away with charging 50 cents a beer. Well, deal in, with the uni. In hindsight, they may, it, it may have been less about them knowing they were charging 50 cents and more right. about the uni knowing a bloke who knew a bloke who left a back door open or something. I, I worked at um, Coles Online and uh, once when we were doing uh, online deliveries for liquor, and uh, when we opened up in Adelaide, I think somebody forgot to put the pricing on the liquor properly. <laughs> so everything was at like minus 20% on cost. And people were ordering hundreds and hundreds. <laughs> and there were, you know, uh, websites that were dedicated to it. And they figured out that um, the best uh, price per milliliter was on the sample bottles. So people were ordering like 200 sample bottles of Jim Beam <laughs> for, you know, a buck each. Um, anyway, eventually we caught it, and you don't have to honour them because it's a, it's an offer yeah. to treat, not a contract or anything like that. So we limited everyone to a maximum quantity of four. Still honoured the price mm. for maximum quantity of four. So the people that tried to gain the system got four sample bottles delivered. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway. it just shows South Australians can math. They can. It was very well done. When alcohol's involved. Um, they can also play a little bit of footy. Um, Absolutely. Look at Adelaide. So we'll start at the top line. Um, they're six and four and sitting seventh at the minute. Um, what do you reckon? Is that uh, par for the course? Are they overachieved or underachieved? Well, they wouldn't want to be sitting any worse because they had a pretty soft run up to this point. Yep, it's been a, a I wouldn't say a generous draw, but um, they've done okay. Well, they've played uh, the bottom teams already. Um, a lot of them. They've got wins over uh, Gold Coast, St Kilda, Carlton, Melbourne, which they're your four bottom. Uh, yeah, the only one they haven't played is Brisbane. Yeah, and, and therefore the, they would have penciled in. Well, you'd hope so. Yeah. Um, I think uh, if we're talking about their biggest win, it'd actually, I reckon, be over North Melbourne in round one. Yep, easy. Um, just because they fucking killed them. Yeah, and, and they look like world beaters. They did. They looked brilliant. Their, their midfield looked golden. Um, yep. Their forward line looked spectacular. Eddie Betts picking up where he left off. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that. Their, uh, well, their but, best win was against North Melbourne. Yep, they I, just, I think so too. They just killed them. Uh, and that hurts me to say. Yeah. Uh, at the time, we were looking at, geez, have, has everybody, everybody underestimated the Crows? Um, they were uh, top of the ladder after one round. 
um, and looking like you know creating the fortress that was Adelaide Oval again. There, there wasn't a loser on the on the paddock that day for them. No, no, they they won on every line. Um, but so yeah, I've got. I think that six and four is about right for them. The only one I think they would have penciled in they didn't get would have been GWS, um, and that was they just got beat. GWS smashed around the contest. Uh, I think in that match it was sixty eight to forty one in tackles. Um, Mumford got more tackles than anyone on the, the Crows, Crows team. Yeah, uh, uh, you know that's Mumford. He, he is oh, having he, a spectacular he's a monster. Um, but I mean, that's one. I think that they averaged margin against GWS to that point was something like sixty-eight points or seventy points or something mm. ridiculous. They, you know, um, they've been tallying up GWS since they came in, and yeah. that was their first um, first loss to GWS. And it was one where it, it wasn't a the way the game went. It wasn't a surprise loss. They just got outclassed. Yeah, they never led the game. Uh, no. GWS led from the first score all yeah. the way up to the final every, siren. And every time the and it's not like the Crows played badly. Every time they came back, GWS responded. And that's just mm. the way it went. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's uh, more a story of how good GWS have gone than anything else. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, the Crows. Um, I think they're going to have a bit of a, a drop off, just because I I don't think they're a, a top eight. Uh, a shoe in top eight side. I shouldn't say they are a top eight side because they're there at the moment. They are. They're sitting but, seventh. But uh, I don't think I'd have a lot of money on them finishing top eight. So their best win for the year, I agree with you. I've said North as well in round one. Um, what do you think? Do you say GWS is their worst loss? I reckon so, just because it would have been one that they penciled in to win. Yep. Because I've, um, I've gone a different route. I reckon round four against the Bulldogs was their worst loss. Um, they were undefeated at the time. Like I said, looking like world beaters. Um and they were blown away by um, Bulldogs. And maybe it was a, a little bit, I won't say underestimating the Bulldogs, but nobody gave them a chance. Um, Bulldogs had been um, injury-plagued. Um, we were expecting a, you know they might bottom out this year and look for more draft picks. They're still getting used to a new captain, a new coach, and all that. Um, and they blew Adelaide away from the get-go. Um, it was they went from oh my god what could Adelaide do this year to oh that's right they're a mid mid table team uh, for me that, that's their worst one because um, again you w- they wouldn't have thought they'd lost lose to the Bulldogs this year um, well, there you are um, top three players uh, I, I think the top player is is real easy to pick for them I, I, in my mind well their most valuable has been bets by a mile um, I'm glad we're on the same page there I I just <laughs> thought he is unbelievable. Um, it, we've we've said it on the weekly podcast too. When he was drafted, I thought they paid overs. Clearly, they've paid unders. Yeah, I, I, what more can you say about the bloke? No. He kicks the goals that no person should be able to kick from the pocket, which is exactly where it, he's supposed it, to be. It seems like they're the only goals he kicks. <laughs> yeah, and but that's what I mean. You, you've got uh, nice power forwards in um, Jenkins and yeah, Walker. Walker. So they're they're in charge of the. You know, the corridor. The, the corridor yep. from the edge of the goal square to the 50-meter arc. Get the fuck out of their way. Let them have it. And you see so many small forwards just sort of running around underneath the, the power forwards trying to get the crumbs. Yep. Whereas Betts, he just sits over in the pocket and he's a genuine uh, marking option. And he's going to snap those. Hey, like, it comes to ground. doesn't matter. Snap it. He's kicking left foot torpedoes from 50 on the boundary. I mean, how do you fucking defend that? Just, he's so fucking useful. Like, he, having... If he was another in and under small forward, yeah. they can just crowd the corridor and bring it out of a contest. Well, and yeah, like the defender, I mean, yeah, crowd yeah, the corridor yeah, yeah. and not worry about it. 
But when he's a genuine option out, you know, on a bloody uh, 30-degree angle and whatnot, they've got to spread their defense. They've got to cover him. Um, So it it makes it so much easier for the whole forward line. But, I mean, okay, even if you do cover him and spread uh, and uh, crowd him up, I think he's top five in goal assists or something like that Mm. as well. So he's given it off and he's... You know, top five and tackles in the forward fifty, which shows that he runs both ways. And mm. um, yeah, he's just he's been. Um, uh, I think you you uh, second in the Coleman at the minute. He's locked his All Australian spot already. Oh, if they haven't got a Guernsey measured up for him now, they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, um, it'd be very hard. Uh, I, I don't think he's been. Let's just check on the stats here. I don't think he's been kept goalless this year. If it has, it's only because he's been handballing off to to mates, but. Um, <laughs> With it, how do you match up on him? Like, if you've got a guy bigger, he's not going to be as fast. If the guy's as fast, well, he's normally a midfielder. Yeah, you, so you, you're sacrificing a midfielder to block a forward pocket. You, you've got to go speed. Um, but that's the, the only guys that can catch him are guys you need to generate your own run. Yeah, exactly. There's not that many defensive players who have decent pace. Um, all I can think of is um, Hawthorne pay, played um, Litherland on him, who's got a bit of speed mm. and a bit of height. But, I mean, that was uh, at once... Um, that he's been stopped. Have a look at this year. He's kicked only. He's kicked a goal every game, and only three times has he only kicked the one. Um, I was trying to remember one of the games he was kept really quiet. It might have been against GWS actually, where he had um, bugger all kicks, but three of them were goals. Um, or even against the Bulldogs, he only had nine kicks, four of them were goals. I mean, mm. he, he can make an impact even when he's having a bad day. But when you're watching the game, you see he is never not in motion. Yep constant activity constant zigzag running no wonder his defenders are, can't catch him they're knackered by the time the ball gets down there um, he uh, was kept quiet last weekend against Carlton um, but uh, just because he fell asleep oh, I think he was sitting, sitting back laughing thinking you bastards <laughs> you paid for Dale Thomas and not me um, he's uh, yeah Adelaide have certainly come out on top on that one um, other winners for Adelaide I've got um, uh, Danger still done what Danger does oh his last his first uh, few games, like against North Melbourne, is great. Dropped off a little bit for a couple of games there, but in the last four weeks, he's just been smashing it. Um, the game against North Melbourne was almost like, ah, oh, I'm not needed. Pretty much. <laughs> so he, he relaxes a bit. You know, let, let the boys take care of this one. But, I mean, the, the game against Fife um, is going to be mm. a highlight of the year. Yeah. Um, next time Adelaide goes against Frio, that's all they're going to show is highlights of that matchup again, where, you know, they line up next to each other at the centre bounce and then fuck off. <laughs> Don't see each other again for the rest of the day. Um, which is brilliant. I mean, it just made for great watching. Well, it did. When you've got two very open, aggressive teams, it's fantastic to watch. And you get that every time you see um, Bulldogs, Port, JWS, uh, and even North play. Uh, very attacking teams. Probably could do with a bit more defence, a few of those teams. <laughs> uh, especially North. But um, hey, A good yeah. offence is a good defence. When you deliver it well to the offence, yeah, yes. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you don't have Jared Wayne in the fucking forward line. <laughs> yeah, well, that's different problems. Um, but you know, um, there's obviously speculation about Dangerfield because he's a free agent at the end of the year. I'm not buying into it. I can't see him going. He seems like a loyal type of bloke. Um, and uh, the only place I'd really think he'd want to go would be Geelong just to get home. Mm. And, uh, you know, they'll th- they're not ones to throw, you know, million-dollar contracts at him. Um, well... Look, if if you're from St Kilda or uh, Melbourne and you haven't thrown half a million buck a season contract at him, you're not doing your job right. Yeah, yeah um, they've got to make inquiries, but if he's not interested, he's not interested. Yeah. Um, well, you know, how much money do you really need in the end? <laughs> but um, 
I'd be shocked if he left. Yeah. Just because of those teams, Adelaide's closer to a flag than Melbourne and Saints are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, um, they're, I, they're not going to get there this year, but there's still a chance their window will open very soon. Yeah, he seems like a good character, and he's um, you know part of the fabric down there. Um, I think, yeah, I don't know if he'd be... Um, if they thought he got looked over for the captaincy, because he's certainly someone that leads by example regardless. Mm. Uh, or maybe if they, you know, Phil Welsh thought, I don't want to give it to somebody who might be leaving in 12 months, or I don't want to give it to him um, and be seen as pandering to, here's your captaincy, please stay. Mm. Um, but look, I mean, I, I yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I can't see him leaving. I think he's going to stay. Um, okay. I just wish he would, because it would make it an easier matchup. But then again, <laughs> if he goes to Geelong, fuck, they'd be a towers. So I think the top two players, Adelaide, are, are pretty clear in those two. Who have you got for number three? Uh, Scott Thompson. Scotty Thompson, yeah. he's Just come for back. sheer consistency. Yeah, he missed one of the first two games, I think, or a couple of games. But he's averaging 26 possessions a game. Yeah. Um, he's been a ball magnet um, for most of his life, but um, the fact that he's still keeping it up now is pretty impressive. Yeah, and then he fronts up for North in the back line as well. Like, just double heads every week. <laughs> it's amazing how he does that. Bloody oath. It's nearly as good as Josh Kennedy doing um, <laughs> uh, on uh, Eastern and Western seaboards. Jeez, these guys got a lot of miles in. Don't they? Um, just going through his stats now for the season. Um, look, he started off with 30 touches in his first game for the year and then backed it up with 38 um, and another uh, game over 30. So he knows how to rack them up. Yeah, and he's had a, a couple of middling weeks um, against GWS Frio and Carlton. But even as middling weeks, he's still averaging over 20. Yeah, yeah um, he's still getting his licks in. Yeah, and it's not all short handballs either. He's getting some decent kicks, handballs, a few marks mixed in there. Um, and he's not bad on the tackle either. Um, I think against Frio, he had 14. Yeah, it's which, not a bad uh, oh, You it, love a tackling midfielder. You have to love a tackling midfielder. I mean, and look, the the other side of that was that was a, a wet and blustery and, and miserable night. So you say, okay, well, it's going to be more tackles, but you still need to do it. Somebody yeah. needs, even though it's the night that um, lends itself to tackles, you still need to actually go out there and make those tackles, and that's what he's doing. But there's a difference between the guys that do a, a quick hand tackle, like where they're just trying to pressure the ball carrier into giving it up. Uh, and Whereas somebody who actually stops them. and Yeah, who's like, no, nah, you are not taking one further step. And Thompson's one of those guys. Dangerfield as well, he does that too. And even in the forward line, Eddie Betts. Um, so when you get the guys that actually want to tackle the bloke to the ground, uh, even if they got rid of the ball or not, yeah. uh, it, it's worth it. Yeah, especially for a bloke that's um, you know uh, approaching game number three hundred, he'll probably he'll play three hundred next year if he goes around again, and I expect he will. He's thirty two, but um, look by looking at his stats, he hasn't lost anything. He's not um, holding anybody out. We got Fletch and Harvey running around in the fucking sixties. So <laughs> Why not? I don't. I don't think thirty two. Like over thirty used to be. Used to be. You, you get an injury, you retired. Yeah. Whereas these days, it's not until around thirty six, thirty seven that it's an instant retirement. If you get what I mean. Yeah. Um, I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. And the mileage of the player. Yeah, yeah. It's, there's, I reckon there's more 32-year-olds playing now than there was you know, five or six years ago. Um, no stats to back that up, so let's just <laughs> accept that it's true. Look, I, I um, a reliable source said. Yep. Um, for my uh, top three, I actually put Rory Laird in there. Um, yeah, yeah, I can I can see how he'd put his hand up. Yeah, he's he's only a third year player, so he's the you know the next generation coming through. Um, but he's uh, already second in disposals in disposals for the Crows. And when you got you know a couple of ball magnets in there like like Thompson, um, uh, Sloan and Dangerfield, um, to be uh, second, that's pretty not bad. Pretty not bad. That's a good... Pretty <laughs> not bad. No, absolutely. Um, he's got some great guys to work off, which takes the pressure off him a lot. Yep. But it also has a high standard that he's got to live up to. Yeah, and that's the thing. He's played every game so far this year, and he's been very consistent um, You know, with, with those averages. So... Um, that's something that uh, they can really look forward to. Um, that uh, as you know, we, like we said, Scotty Thompson's getting on. Um, there's somebody else there who's starting to pick up, and um, as he moves into you know what should be the prime of his career, um, he's just uh, you know the, the last few years uh, on the list. He hasn't played every game. You know, he's played in double figures, but um, in ten games this year, he's already you know just about matched what he did all of last year. Anyway. Mm. Um, which is you know natural progression for a young player, so that's what you, you'd hope to see. Yeah, small midfielders tend to progress quite dramatically. Um, you see them just, they sponge everything up, and then all of a sudden, yeah. bang, they're but it, superstars. But it's also who they're going against is the other team's superstars. Yeah. So that's why you know it takes a little bit of time. Not everyone can be Chris Judd and come in and dominate you know, from, from where go in the middle. No, not at all. Um, most improved for Adelaide. Um, same, I, I said Rory Lade as well, but um, we've just spoken about that. So who do you have down as most improved? Um, I actually have most surprising. Yeah, And for most me, surprising. it'd be uh, Taylor Walker, just because a lot of, when he was announced captain, everyone's kind of like, what, that bloke? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think he surprised the football world with being a top fucking bloke captain. A, a mature captain. Yeah, he can be, uh, you know, popular with the boys, uh, a bit of a lad's lad, and still get on the field and, lead the team yeah and I think that surprised a lot of people well look uh, pleasantly um, he's uh, what is he two years back from knee Rico yeah something like that um, 26 goals so he's second at the club in the goal kicking um, I don't know like you'd expect him as the full forward to be leading the goal kicking but I, mm. I don't know if that's such an issue only because somebody else is doing so fucking well yeah I, the thing is if he was one of those blokes that's like nah I gotta get more goals at all costs yeah uh, it could cost the team. So by leading the team and bringing other players in, I think he's he's doing quite well. Um, I'm an unashamed Walker fan. Of course so. we are. <laughs> so the, that just uh, goes with that. But The boys from Broken Hill, we've got to look after him. Bloody oath. But um, I, I think he did shock people with his ability to, you know, not just be the bloke who's having a beer with his mates in Norwood yeah, uh, and turn into a, a leader of the team and a team that, uh, a leader that his team respects. Off the field as much as on. Um, Absolutely. 
uh, in the game against GWS, uh, when you know uh, Crows are getting beaten, they needed uh, some inspiration, and he kicked a brilliant goal, you know, with a tackle and um, followed up with a short pass and hit a man on the chest. I, I think it was Charlie Cameron, but I can't quite recall. Um, and then got the handball back and thumped it through from sixty. I mean, that's what you want from a captain. It's Bloody something that's going to be shown in the highlights. Um, so yeah, oh, that's a good surprise. I mean, uh, at the start of the year though, I did pick him to win the Coleman. Um, so he's a little way off that. Not but, over yet. But um, for his role, may have changed slightly. And mm. yeah, as a captain, he's he's up there. He's certainly you know in the um, not the worst captain running around. Well, the thing is, too, with his role changing, if he doesn't kick a bag, then Jenkins will, or you know, someone else will in the well, forward line, or Betts. Eddie's chop popping up for you know his couple, so absolutely. So you'd rather he kick two, three, and Crows win, than he kick a dozen and they lose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You always take that. He probably handballs off a bit too much, to be honest, <laughs> for for most of the traditional full forwards to approve. Well, again, he's only been kept goalless one game, and that was against Frio, where he kicked three behinds um, in, a, in a day where they were having uh, a bit of a shocking day in front of goals. Mm. Um, but um, look, 26 goals, 18 is not a bad return um, at, uh, at the t- halfway mark of the season. Um, one other area we we're looking at in these um, half-season reports, or wherever they bloody are, is uh, pressure on the coach. So... Um, out of 1 to 10, how do you rate uh, the pressure on Phil Walsh considering it's his first year? Oh, two. Like, there'd be That's exactly what I've got. pressure. Um, even if they fall over, I, I reckon they'll probably finish out the eight, maybe about 10th. Even then, there's not be much pressure because he's blooding a lot of youth. He's yep. getting a lot out of his veterans. You know, they might even surprise and end up finishing top six. But, yep. you know, I, I don't see them doing anything silly. Now, look, I put um, two out of ten as well because it's his first year, so you always get a pass in your first year regardless, um, pretty much. Uh, look, if they were... Um, this is where they'd expect to be, six and yeah. four. But, I mean, last year they finished just outside the eight, so you don't want to go backwards. Um, so if they do fall backwards, they'll be, ooh, have you made the right choice? Um, but I, I, I don't think there'll be too much issues there at all. Yeah, Rookie I'd... coaches, what do you do? Yeah, I... The only one that comes to mind of a rookie coach got sacked to be Malcolm Blight um, yeah. with St. Kilda. But, yeah. I, I, that was extraordinary circumstances. I also think they probably regret that a little. But, uh, then, you know, who knows? But with that, uh, you're not going to sack a bloke if he finishes around the mark. If they were, yeah. you know, bottom four, yeah. then, yeah, he'd be... You go, oh, next year you better perform, champ. Yeah. Yeah. He might get a pressure after round six, but as it is, nah, he's fine. Okay. On the player side of things then, who is anybody in trouble at uh, at the Crows? I don't think so. Um, they've had a, a couple of young lads come through that are looking pretty good. Um, Cam Ellis Yolman, he was one bloke who popped up a bit. He's yeah. uh, been dropped again now, but he's been pretty handy for a first year player. He's done all right, you reckon? Yeah. Um, I haven't uh, haven't done too bad off him in the um, Super Coach. Oh, okay. He's so been a good pick. He's been a favourite for me there. He's a good size player. Um, there's, um, yeah, it looks like um, the he still needs to pick up the, the, the pace of, yes. of AFL. But, yeah, he's, it looks like he's going to be a good pickup for him. Um, I've, put, I've got two players here. Um, one oh, is, Sam Jacobs is the one who I thought needed to lift his game. Really? He's doing all right, I thought, as a Ruckman. I mean, he got towed up by Sandlands. He got towed up by Sandlands and Mumford, which, you know, plenty of Ruckman can say that. Yeah. But 
he just doesn't seem to have any menace about him. No. Uh, um, yeah, I'd say so. He has a good presence, and he's been borderline All-Australian the last couple of years. Um, at this minute, you'd probably put him f- fifth, sixth Ruckman in the league. Probably about that. Because, I mean, you've got Mumford, Sandilands, um, Goldstein. I'd put all them ahead of him at the yeah, minute. Yeah, that's a, a sure thing. Um, whereas last year, he was like he was one or two. Hmm. He's a, a decent player, but against the teams they played against, I'd expect yeah. him to have done a lot more. And especially against Sandilands, who... Yeah. Yeah, you know, he's the biggest guy on the yeah. on the pitch. But you know, if he's the biggest guy on the pitch, you can at least make him earn it. Yeah, um, and it's not like it's a surprise that he's seven foot when yes. he comes in. You, you've got plenty of time to prepare for it. You've been yeah. playing for a few years. Yeah, okay, maybe it was a little bit disappointing. Maybe just time your jump so that you're not landing when you're touching the fucking ball. Look, I've got two people um, that I think are in trouble. Um, or one person who's definitely in trouble, and another person who uh, might want to just look out. Um, Nathan Van Burlow, who's um, played uh, is he played every game this year where's his stats yep he's played every game this year and he's only averaging 15 touches you'd want a bit more of the ball how many games is Van Burlow up to uh, let's have a look um, this podcast brought to you by AFL tables <laughs> um, where are we um, so he's nearing 200 games yeah I think they might be just holding him out for his 200th it, yeah I don't know I mean he's he should be in the prime or just out of the prime of his career, um, I, I thought you'd want a bit more out of him. Um, I think they're carrying him at the moment. Um, I mean, yeah, okay, he's had injuries and whatnot in previous seasons and, and all that kind of gear, but um, he's played every game now. So if you're not fit, um, why are you playing? Mm. Um, so he could be... I, I don't think he's going to go anywhere, though. Um, I think they'll hang him around, uh, keep him around just for um, uh, leadership values, if nothing else. And, you know, as he gets back into playing week in, week out, but 10 rounds is enough. Um, and the other one is somebody who hasn't been cited this year is James Poziadley. Yeah. Well, yep. I don't see a place for him, to be honest, anymore. Um, if I... Uh, I don't know how... Ba- I think how bad his injury is, but... If he was fully fit right now, I don't know if I'd even put him in. Well, Walker's got the number one forward spot yeah. right there. And then Jenkins has had a couple of good matches too. Yeah. Even uh, Tom Lynch is doing okay. Mm, yeah. So where are you going to play Poz Adley? Are you going to play him off the half-back line? Are you going to play him down the wing? I mean, he's got good fitness when he's obviously not injured. Um, but I just... I think, yeah, especially at his age, and you go, well, we can try and get him right for now or we can look at somebody else. Yeah, I- I still think they they got value from Podziadley, especially with Walker's injury. I was surprised they got value Um, for him too. But yeah, I I agree. I don't. He doesn't really have that burst pace to play on the wing or uh, down the halfback line. So you you have to put him centre half back or full back. And I I don't think he quite reads the ball well enough for that. Yeah, yeah. But then again, you never know. You can get a, a forward line player and throw him back, and all of a sudden he's a superstar. Yeah, um, he, he could reunite his career, but um, look, oh, maybe he's a, a matchup on the you know the Rewalts if they're going to play running down the wing and stuff like that. But I can't see it happening. I think uh, it, it might be um, he might get a lap of honour at the grand final. Put it that way. Um, so looking at the rest of the season, where do you see danger games for Adelaide? Um, well, against any of the top four. Yeah. Like, can you bring it up? We've got. Um, Running into the finals, where are we? They they don't have so bad a run, but um, 
you know, coming up against, after Sydney in uh, round 18, they've got Richmond at home. Yep. Uh, over in Adelaide. You'd probably pencil them in for that one. Well, see, um, that's the one I've penciled in as their danger game because, um, look, Richmond have already knocked off Port over in Adelaide Oval. Mm-hmm. I think Richmond will be around about the same um, position on the ladder. Um, so this could be the game that decides who gets eighth and who gets ninth. Um, so for me, I, I, that's the one I've circled that um, it, it could be the, the make or break type of game. Oh, for me, it's round 22 against West Coast. Um, it's another home game, but yeah. West Coast, they're they're going to be around the mark. They're right up there at the moment, but I think they will drop off. Um, Their injury list says they have to drop off. Yeah. But I think that'll be the danger game. Whoever loses that isn't playing finals for sure. Yeah, probably. Um they do have Geelong in the final round, but by then, if Geelong's finished, you know, sixth, seventh, and they can't drop out of the eight, they'll probably rest a few guys. Because if you finish sixth or seventh or eighth, you're not really too fast, surely. And travelling around 23, I mean, they've got to go play Geelong down in Geelong too. It's, mm. um, you know, a bit of a horror trip. But I mean, they've got uh, two games against West Coast left. Um, they've still got a game against Sydney, um, and they play Hawthorne coming straight out of the bye. Um, so that's... Um, you know, there's still a tough run home. Um, they, they get um, Essendon as well to play in Melbourne. Um, yeah, there's not many um, easy wins there. The funny thing is, too, they've got the Lions in round 21. And the Lions have had a, a shock and season. Oh, they're finished. But you find towards the last three rounds, suddenly <laughs> players who've done fuck all all year suddenly pop up and do shit because their contracts are up for renewal. They've just had a word to their manager, and, mate, I'm in a bit of trouble finding a place for you here. Yep, so either they're viewing it as a job interview for some other team or they're trying to keep their spot in the own team. So I think you'll see guys like Rich, who, you know, injuries and whatnot, um, have been fairly unsighted, suddenly bob up and get 30, 40 possessions. Um, I wouldn't put money on it, but it can happen. It can happen, exactly. And there's always that one surprise late in the year. Yeah, you're like, what um, the well, fuck happened well, The way this year's been going, there could be fucking who knows how many surprises. Oh, if you're leading the tips in the local pub footy tipping, you're a fucking idiot. You're running the comp. That's the only <laughs> way you can win. <laughs> You've rigged it. Um, okay, so at the minute, they're seventh um, with six and four. Uh, where do you see them finishing? Ninth. You, you got them just... See, I, I said eighth. Um, and it, it could be... like They could finish anywhere from sixth to sixteenth. If the wagon falls off, they could drop a lot of these games. Um, if things go right, I mean, they might knock off Hawthorne after the break. They might knock off um, West Coast uh, once or twice or, or even Geelong. Um, you know, the, the uh, showdown is going to be a difficult game for them, but I think they might just squeeze through the eight only because of, on percentage because um, they're, they're travelling pretty healthily there at the minute. If I just bring up the ladder, um, where are we? 113. Um, so that's not too bad at the turn. Uh, they've got uh, Richmond covered at the minute on percentage and uh, all the others are really low below them. So I think they they might slip one place, but only one place. Well, they're on equal percentage with GWS. Um, just a game behind is all. Yeah. Um, so I reckon they might just squeeze in and you reckon they might just miss out. Yeah, I think they'll just miss because I think they'll drop one of those games that they should keep. Okay. Um, I think that's about it for Adelaide. Um, all up, they be would have been very happy with how the season started and a little bit disappointed at the turn, but um, there's still lot, lots of optimism for them there and um, finals are definitely on the cards. Oh, look, if they if aren't clicks. aiming for finals, they're idiots. Yeah. But uh, no, absolutely, they'd be aiming for finals. Uh, I Just in my personal opinion, I think they might just miss out, maybe even on percentage. All right. If you reckon we've got it all wrong, let us know.
Cheers. And we can tell you to fuck off. And we will. Okay. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 